We were never made to fit in. We are not dough to be squeezed into a tube and then locked there only to be popped and baked into biscuits one day. We are made to expand the edges of what was once thought possible. We, like the rest of nature, are in a constant state of evolution and so are our careers, our health, and our relationship. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly, and I am really glad you're here. And I'm particularly happy to be back in the studio with you today because I've got a sweet, rather unexpected story that's totally in alignment with the Messy and Magnificent name of this show. So here's the backstory. You might have caught that this month we're celebrating reaching over 100 episodes and nearly two years of the show. And as a way of expressing my gratitude for you and what we're building here together, ways of working that give us life instead of drain us, I've been focused on sharing with you the most important professional resource I have all month long, and that is community. And speaking of community, I've had the opportunity over the last week to travel and using every COVID precaution necessary, lead three professional retreats with three wonderful business owners in person. Now, this is only the second time I've gotten to do this in person since the pandemic, and it reminds me of how when we're in a different environment for a few minutes or an afternoon or longer, we might begin to see things a little differently too, right? When the view of our location is different, sometimes the view of the way we're looking at something, namely in this example, our work, alters also. And we might start to see things with a new, more expanded perspective. And that is exactly what was happening for my clients during their working retreat. And also, frankly, for me. (laughs) Because after leading my clients through my professional planning process for their new years, I did the same thing for myself too. I got my pens, my Sharpies, my markers out, and I started to map things out. And it's got me thinking about all sorts of new things. So with that in mind, despite my best effort to bring you the episode I had planned originally for today, I just couldn't do that. You see, there is something else that needs to be discussed (laughs) that kept bubbling up no matter how many times I tried. And once upon a time, I wouldn't have been able to be this nimble or flexible. I would have forced myself to do what was in my calendar or my plans, even if that plan no longer made sense. Because I said I would. Because I worry that if I didn't do exactly what I said I would, then I'd be seen as a quitter. And quitters get a bad rap in our culture. But truthfully, any person that has reached any level of success or lived into a goal or desire they really care about has become adept at knowing when to quit something at when to reevaluate the plans and come up with something new when that happens. Now, hopefully, it's done with integrity and respect and thoughtfulness. I'm all about, not about quitting things on the fly and storming out the door. But quitting, nonetheless, is essential for two reasons. Number one, in order to stay loyal to what it is that we value, we must quit what doesn't serve that value sometimes. 
And number two, because before we can welcome in something new, especially those of us who have a full plate, we've got to make a little room for it. We've got to make a little wiggle space. I mean, I have always valued women doing well in our world, and I include myself on that list of women. So if I never quit anything, I'd still be working for minimum wage at the Italian ice shop in my small hometown for a boss that would secretly film us and then replay the footage at our next shifts. It was so creepy. (laughs) Thank goodness I had the wherewithal to plan out a new job and quit that one. So I wouldn't quit on seeing women be valued. So I had to quit that job. And I hope you'll pause here and take a moment and maybe consider a time when you stopped doing something that no longer worked for you, even if other people disagreed, even if it wasn't the most popular opinion in the room, even if you didn't handle it exactly right. Just giving yourself a small spot of acknowledgement for the ways you maybe you continued to honor what it is that you valued. So today, I'm going to stick with our theme of community, but go a little unscripted and invite you inward into the conversations happening in my personal community of colleagues, friends, and loved ones. I'm going to share the questions we're asking ourselves in informal conversations about what makes sense in the face of what is before us in this present moment in our careers or our goals or within your community or within your world in hopes that you hear something that sparks the light on what the next right step or steps are for you too, in hopes that you might find a question or a story or an example that speaks to where you uniquely find yourself and maybe acts like a high dry rock. If you're having a moment where it feels like the waters are rising all around you, this could be someplace sturdy to stand on in our messy and magnificent community. So here's what we're going to cover. Four things. Number one, I'm going to share a short but tender story of not fitting in. (laughs) Now I have lost and found community again and again. Then I'm going to give a glimpse behind the scenes of the podcast team that makes these episodes and one of the secret things that we do that nobody else knows about until today that strengthens our bonds and our passion for this work. Then number three, we're going to go over the four levels of friendship we need in our circle. And specifically, how many friends most adults actually have and need? The answer to this, I think, is particularly interesting. And then finally, we're going to go over four keys that open the next best door for you. These are four questions that the best people I know ask some version of to themselves on a regular basis. These are the questions that carry them forward into the best of what's to come. So this episode is going to be like the little piece of rich dark chocolate I just ate before I sat down, meaning you don't need to digest the entire bar at once. It's recorded. Rather, I want you to keep an ear out for a word, a phrase, a concept that speaks to you. And then I encourage you to jot that down somewhere and weave it into your days. Maybe you even leave a review on iTunes about it so I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Or... Email a quick voice memo from your phone to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A, at everybodythrive.com, and we'll get to share your voice on the show. I would love that. But if nothing else, just jot that baby down and keep it in your back pocket. One nugget that you're about to hear that bolsters what you know to be true, or the direction you most want to head in. We really do rise well together. So speaking of shout outs, let's dive right into our first topic today because it's going to lead to a sweet shout out later on. 
So here's just the smallest bit of this tender story of me not fitting in and talking about losing and finding community again and again. And I'm sharing this story with one very clear intention, that we dismantle some of the notion that some people have it all figured out and others don't. Or that if we just get the right system, if we just read the right book or word things perfectly, then it'll all work out and I don't know what. (laughs) Everything will magically be done and our days will be totally blissful. Because let me tell you, we do not find perfection through perfectionism. And we don't find community through trying to do things perfect either. And here's what I mean by that. So as a kid, I grew up in Neptune, New Jersey, and I was the only white girl in my class for the first four years of school until I moved. Now, this wasn't an issue. We were all so young, and I felt right at home, actually. But when entering fourth grade, I moved to Pennsylvania with my family, and I remember my first thought standing in the doorway of the classroom. Literally, these were the words that went through my little fourth grade brain. I thought, damn, these kids are white. Shortly after that, I realized, oh my gosh, so are you, Carly. So are you. And so began the creeping sensation that I might not be exactly like the people around me. That perhaps maybe I didn't fit in with people that had a different skin color, and yet I also didn't fit in with the people that had skin a closer shade to mine. Now, this is not a woe to me, I was white and I didn't feel like I fit in story. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. As a white person, I'm afforded all sorts of privileges, even when I feel like I don't fit in. Rather, this was the start of me realizing that there was something to potentially fit into, that there were molds or cliques or communities or circles, and that some people were in them and some people were not. And I tried my nine-year-old best. I told dirty jokes on the playground at school, hoping to make kids laugh and like me, and it kind of worked, but not really. And this was later confirmed that year when in response to some kids poking fun at me in the classroom, my teacher said out loud, yeah, Carly is a strange one, isn't she? I remember in that moment being crushed. But what I didn't know then, that I have an incredible deep gratitude for now, is that we were never made to fit in. We are not dough to be squeezed into a tube and then locked there only to be popped and baked into biscuits one day. We are made to expand the edges of what was once thought possible. We, like the rest of nature, are in a constant state of evolution and so are our careers, our health, and our relationship. So like we spoke about in episode 102, the goal isn't to fit in, it's to belong. And to be strange is to be innovative. To be different is to be a creator, an artist, perhaps not in the traditional sense of painting canvases or sculpting clay, but to create a career or relationships or health within your body on purpose that works uniquely for you is to be an artist that paints their day with what they most value and sculpts their decision based on what they want to see more of in the world or in our collective world. And so how do we create belonging? For ourselves and for others, how do we know what our place is and where to focus our attention? How do we find our people or let them find us? Well, let's talk about that here for a moment. Because this much I know, when we live gently into expressing more of who we are, we open ourselves up to be appreciated and to be judged. Both. Both are true. Not everyone will appreciate us for who we are or share in our viewpoint or our passions and our interests, and that can sting or worse. We may feel alone. 
But to alter ourselves to fit in just leads to feeling alone in a sea of people anyway. So the aloneness doesn't shift whether we tone down who we are to fit in or whether we speak up and then perhaps feel alone until as we get more clear and expressive about what it is we value, what it is we believe in, what it is we're passionate about in safe spaces, a few more folks who can appreciate that will show up and those few will bond with us deeply and vice versa. This is how I eventually found community as a sixth grader. Yeah, it took two years (laughs) from fourth grade to sixth grade before I started to find my people. And then a new community when I moved schools again and again. I went to a lot of different schools and a lot of different training programs. And then a new community when I began to work exclusively with celebrities and none of my friends were there. Or a new community when I started to work from home. And each time there was this middle though. This middle moment, like letting go of one trapeze bar before I caught the next one where I wondered, where in the world am I supposed to be? Will I be alone here? And each time, the small light (laughs) that turns on the back of my brain reminds me to go towards what I value, right? If I go towards what I value, I will find other people that value something similar. How can I express that for myself so that others who do appreciate that value can find me? And it has felt in my lifetime like starting over many times or just changing things up a little bit many times. It's not always starting from scratch because no one community, even if we stay relatively stationary, can be expected to give or receive everything with us or to last forever. We've got to have a few circles or professional relationships or friendships, each for its own unique purpose. And even within those circles, there will be change evolution, endings, and addition. And we're going to go over those four types of relationships in a little bit here. So let me give you an example. I really appreciate the team that works the root side of messy and magnificent. When I say the root side, what I mean is this episode that you're hearing, it's like the fruit on the trees. This is the finished product after being tended to by a glorious team of podcast farmers. This is the stuff that happens beneath the soil of our production that you might not get to see. And one thing we really value in this community here is a spirit of collaboration and active constructive communication. And if you're not familiar with the active constructive communication model and the other three styles of professional communication that don't work so well, I'm going to put a link to that right here in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and look for this episode and you'll see it there. That learning was a game changer for a lot of my clients and certainly for myself too. So in a moment, you're going to hear Ashley Tuff, or as we call him, Ash, model collaboration and an active constructive communication style. Ash is our extraordinary audio producer and an all around incredible human being. And in celebration of reaching 100 episodes, the team members each recorded one secret insight into the show. And this was Ash's. I'll grab the tissues while you listen in to the power of active, constructive communication flowing two ways between us. Hey, Carly. Hey, Anita. And hello, everyone else. This is Ash. I'm based in the UK. And I've been the audio engineer and editor for Messy and Magnificence, the very first episode uh, nearly two years ago, and I've had the pleasure of editing every single episode along the way. My favorite thing about working on the show so far is 
I guess a bit of a secret one because it's the little messages that Carly leaves for me in the recordings that only I get to hear because I have to edit them out after that. Sometimes it's literally just Carly asking me to scrub the last sentence because she had a bit of a stumble and wants to do it again. (laughs) But sometimes she'll start recording having a little chat with me telling me about uh, what the weather's like that day and how she's feeling on whatever afternoon that she's recording. It's a bit of a fourth dimensional thing, I guess, because I don't actually get to take part in that uh, conversation till like a day or two later when I'm sitting down myself to edit the podcast. So it's certainly not the two-way Q&A that she has live with her guests, uh, but it certainly always puts a smile on my face when I hear her talking directly to me. Uh, perhaps I should uh, leave some of these in so the listeners can get a little glimpse of the internal process and hear your secret messages that no one else hears. Um, so yeah, I've also got to thank you for the endless supply of wisdom that you provide me and everyone who listens to your podcast. That always seems to hit exactly the right spot at the right time. You've certainly helped me and you've also especially helped my partner with a number of timely problems, both professionally and personally. So please, please keep using this magical sixth sense of yours uh, and keep providing the exact uh, right advice at exactly the right time for me, for Charlotte and for everyone who listens to your podcast. Thank you for everything, Carly and Easter, and the rest of the Messy Magnificent team. By golly, Ash. Oh my gosh. Thank you for my message. (laughs) Now I get to see why it's so nice to talk right here to each other. And I love your idea of infusing some of these secret moments into the show. They don't need to be secret anymore. I really appreciate your audio clip, but even more so, I appreciate you. And I want everyone to know how fortunate I am to have your support and the support of the entire podcast team Let's dispel the myth of being self-made, okay? It's not a real thing. (laughs) Success is a team sport over here. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, We will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. They're something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. Now, what Ash is modeling in his comment is the third level of professional relationships. So let's talk about those types of relationships. Dr. Suzanne Deggies-White had a really interesting study published, 
And I read about her findings in Psychology Today. And of course, there's a link to that right here in the show notes. And in there, she talked about the four levels of friendship and how many friends we actually need as an adult, what the average person community actually looks like. And I find that her work around friendship is absolutely relevant, not just a friendship, but all sorts of relationships, whether that's relationships with loved ones and definitely our interpersonal relationships around work. So here's a quick rundown on the four levels of friendship. First, we've got our acquaintances, right? These are people that we might see on a fairly regular basis that we know about at least a little bit. Maybe we do some small talk with them, but we don't really know all the details of the ins and outs of each other's world. The second level is our more casual friends. These are folks that we might share in a hobby or an interest with. So if you take a dance class, maybe these are the folks you dance with. Or if you go to networking meetings, maybe these are the folks you see there on a regular basis. So you can kind of pick up where you left off. You know a little bit more about each other, but you might not hang out with these folks if you didn't share that particular activity. I hear this one a lot from parents who have kids who have friends. And so they hang out with their children's friends, parents, right, as peers, but they might not actually hang out with those folks if their kids weren't friends. Sometimes we get lucky and both the parents and the kids are friends, right? So casual friends are folks that we know because we have a common shared interest. Now, close friends tend to evolve through this chain. They're acquaintances. We see them on a regular basis. They evolve to be casual friends. And at some point, we recognize that there's some mutual admiration here and that we can have a little bit of an affinity for one another. And so we might start to open up more. This is a space where we might start to realize it's safe to talk a little bit more freely, maybe spend more time together. Close friends are the folks who put up with us (laughs) when we're having tough things or tell us the thing we really need to hear or are there for us to celebrate during the good times. The fourth level is what Dr. Degas White refers to as our intimate friends. And these, to use her words, are our most intensely connected people. So these are the folks who really reside within our days. They're on our mind. They're in our hearts. We trust with our deepest of secrets. And we know that the other one's always going to be there. They're going to have our back, that we're loyal to one another. Now, what's really interesting is that the data from Dr. Degas White's study of adults, she looked at folks ages in their 30s up into their 70s, showed that the number of close friends we need to feel that we have enough friends is usually somewhere between three and five. Now, not only that, but adults with four or five friends, they enjoy the highest levels of life satisfaction. And those with three close friends, they're not far behind. And I think what's really important to take from this study is we're not talking about a community being a circle of hundreds of people. In fact, we're not even talking about in the dozens. We're talking about a small, sensual group of close or intimate friends making a world of difference. And then perhaps having some folks who are more casual friends that we share a particular interest or commonality around and those who are acquaintances is all part of the picture. Many of us find that having a language around these four different friendship types is really helpful because it helps us set more accurate expectations for the types of folks that we're interacting with. So maybe we don't bring our deep personal things that we might share with an intimate friend to an acquaintance, right? Or to a professional colleague where we're sharing a mutual work interest, but we don't actually know the ins and outs of each other's life and vice versa. 
that with our intimate friends, if we want to feel meaningful connection, maybe at some point we get through the chit chat and we talk about the things that really matter to one another. So let's take a beat there and consider this would be a really great place to get out a piece of paper or type some notes in your phone memo about those four levels of friendship, acquaintances, casual friends, close friends, and intimate friends, and just quickly take stock. Who do I have that falls into each of these areas? Do I have somebody in each of these areas? Are there any areas that are calling out for attention? And perhaps the question to really ask is, how about my closer intimate friends? How's it going right there? (laughs) Is there mutual trust respect, loyalty? Is there even give and take? And just like Dr. Daggis White did a study here, you too are doing a study of where you're at without judging yourself or making it about you, (laughs) about whether or not folks fall into each category. We're just noticing here for a moment. And then with that in mind, because some of us might look at this and go, oh my gosh, I am really ready for more intimate you know, friendships here, or I'd like to have more close friends, or perhaps I'm spending a lot of time hanging out with acquaintances and folks that I know a little bit and not enough time with the other folks, and thus I'm craving meaning, or vice versa. Perhaps I'm hanging out with my meaningful peeps all the time and I just need to have a little fun. Or perhaps when I'm at work, I'm primarily just talking in one circle and thus I might be missing out on the thoughts, the ideas, the inspiration from a totally different department or an entirely different field. And so I wanted to share with you four keys that open the next best door for us. These are four questions that the best people I know ask themselves on a regular basis. They might change the language a little bit and you can change it too for your own unique needs. But these are questions that carry us forward into the best of what is to come next. Write these down if you can. Question number one. What do I know to be true right now? What do I know to be true right now? Even if other people disagree, what is one thing I know to be true right now? Now we ask this question first intentionally because it draws us into the present moment. For a moment, we stop worrying about the past and the future. We focus on what we know to be true and specifically your own personal insight, your own wisdom. And we'll circle back in a moment to why that's important. So what do I know to be true right now? And then the next question, what am I welcoming in more of? Meaning, what would I like to experience more of or experience next? You might say, I want to learn how to speak Spanish or Scandinavian or Thai, right? So we're looking at perhaps a goal, a desire, an interest. You might also say, I'm welcoming in a new job opportunity. I would love to feel a little different in my body. Whatever it is, what are you welcoming in a little more of and that you would enjoy or appreciate having it in your days? Now, the third question, what gets in the way of what I am welcoming in? How will I address that in some small or perhaps big way? But I suggest we start with small, (laughs) make it doable, bite size gets digested. So if we're looking at what gets in the way of what you're welcoming in. And we take in this example of, hey, I want to learn how to speak Thai. Well, then it's like, okay, well, what's getting in the way of me taking a Thai class, right? Is it the hours that I'm putting in? Is it this other commitment that I have that actually no longer serves me? What is it that gets in the way of that? Do I need to raise extra money in order to take a Thai class? Do I need to simplify it and just decide it's okay to practice for five minutes a day rather than an hour 
since that's really more realistic for my schedule? And then finally, the fourth question, who or what will help me sweep out what needs to go and or usher in what I'm welcoming in next? In other words, who can support me in this new way? See, what we're doing here is we're looking for community members that are relevant to where we are right now. Dana Malemela was on the podcast a few episodes ago, the head of school for the Boundary Academy, and we were talking about how she's cultivated community that meets her right where she is right now, right? This isn't the folks who expect her to be who she was five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Rather, they're folks who can appreciate her right here in the present moment because they have shown up for what she values and vice versa. Now, quick recap on those questions, and then I want to point out something important. Number one, what do I know to be true right now? Number two, what am I welcoming in more of? Number three, what gets in the way of what I'm welcoming in? And how might I address that in some fashion? And then number four, who or what will help me sweep out what needs to go and or usher in what I'm welcoming in? Now, you might notice that these four questions are asking something of you. They are asking you to trust your own sturdy hands, meaning to listen to what is accurate within yourself first. So these aren't questions that you're going to begin with by taking a poll around your community and getting everybody's input on it. Rather, they're for you to hold and turn over again and again in your hand like a stone until it's polished from your touch, until you start to see an idea take root. Then, of course, you might have conversation with folks who fall into at least the third and fourth level of relationships, those who are close friends or those who are intimate friends, the ones who have demonstrated that they can be there for you on a regular basis. And if you don't know those folks yet, if you don't know folks who can really be close friends or intimate friends, I want you to go back and listen to one of our first podcast episodes we did about making friends as an adult. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's episode number two. And we did that episode really early on because this is one of the number one things that I get questions about as a coach. All of these highfalutin people and everybody who's just getting started and all of us right in between are often wondering what it takes to form meaningful connections. And there is a way to do that. So tell me, we covered a lot of things today, (laughs) a lot of food for thought or chocolate for thought. So if you only took one nugget from this episode, what's it going to be? What's one thought, phrase, idea that you're holding with you that stood out to you? I hope you'll take that and put it where you can see it on a post-it note, on the screen of your phone, type it in a note somewhere. And by golly, if you found any of this helpful, take your thoughts on over to iTunes and leave a review so I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode or just some anonymous appreciation. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value and consider what you might let go of that isn't serving that value right now. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. 
So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.